Comma, 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 chameleon. <laughs> you come and go. You come yes. and go. Or sometimes not at all. <laughs> yes. I want to be a cowboy so you can be my cowgirl. <laughs> Oh, oh no! I, I, I wear my sunglasses at night. <laughs> I just, I just want to say, yippee ki yay, motherfucker! <laughs> you could quote me on that, say. <laughs> no, ma'am, the spurs don't come off. Tatar. This is Professor Heather. This is the Midnight Gadfly. This is Dr. Head. And this is Bong Wong, the four color blue fez. And you are listening to. Oh, Fellow inmates, tonight's episode is going to be wonderful. We have a special guest with us tonight, joining us in the asylum. I think we need a new straitjacket after we're going to be done. We are going to be talking with Marvel, DC Comics, Indie Comics, master of pencil, ink, writing, legend, Mike Gustavich. Mike, welcome to Unsane Radio. Thanks, I'll do my best for you here. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're, we're... To live up to your intro anyway. <laughs> yeah. If not, we'll just cut it out and we'll Never. make it, you know, yeah, slightly right. less uh, yeah. adoration. Well, here's some guy we found on the street. Mike Gussiness. There we go. He, he, he didn't have any pants on at the time. But... <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> Thank God he put his shirt on. Yeah. You know? So. Yeah, Mike, uh, you know, we're all fans of your work and we've all read your comic books, um, you know, books that you're, you've worked on. And, and we know that's just this huge number, more than we can, we can, you know, recall. But I think a, a good first question would be, we all like to know is like, when did you first start drawing? Well, my, my mom, uh, before she died, of course, claimed that, that uh, she still had womb, drawings in her womb. So that- <laughs> That was maybe probably it, <laughs> but pretty much early on, I have one photograph of when I was probably like four. Uh, my father had a chalkboard set up for me, and I drew a picture of a horse. And damn, it looked good. Wish I could draw that <laughs> horse like that now. But <laughs> that, that's probably the earliest. Maybe sooner. Who knows? But the, um, my father could draw a bit, uh, and he encouraged me. Both, both my parents did, and uh, of course, my father's still alive. But uh, he also built me an art table so I could draw on it and have little cubby holes and everything. Always supplied me with paper and whatever I needed. So I went all to oh, that. Cool. 
Cool. That's cool. When did you first get into, uh, you know, comic books, like reading comic books? Like what were your favorite books to read as a kid? Well, the first comic book I remember seeing at the stands was a, at a drugstore in Pennsylvania, near Orion, Pennsylvania. That's where my father grew up and uh, my mother. But um, it was the X-Men with the, um, the evil mutants. Is that what they were called? Mm-hmm. Mutants of men. I don't know. <laughs> like Brotherhood, Brotherhood of Evil. evil yeah, Brotherhood. Yes. Brotherhood yeah, with evil. Electro and, <laughs> and, yeah. and so forth. <laughs> Long time ago. <laughs> of course, I, I might be um, misplacing that in my history. As uh, I remember going to a friend of my father's, uh, his Fred, and uh, his son had a Fantastic Four comic there. And it, as I remember, it was the one where the the Inhumans are on top of a building, about, and uh, Gorgon's about ready to throw a huge brick thing down at the FF. Yes, so yes. that's one of my earliest memories there. Yeah, yeah. nice. Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty early. Getting right. Yeah, I'm right dating in. myself. Yeah. I'm too ugly to date myself. So, well, this <laughs> Professor Feather, <laughs> Professor Feather here, uh, Mike. I've been. Uh, I won't say following because I I kind of got out of comics, but I was aware of your career early on with Justice Machine, mm-hmm. um, back in what eighty one something yeah, like I that. I think that was, was the that? first publication of the Justice Machine. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Power comics. And that's when I first became aware of you, and then you know followed you peripherally because I'm, I kind of got out of comics and didn't you know wasn't big into them. I had in a comic book store for a long time, but uh, and I was into you know other comics. But I think we used to uh, sell we used to sell <laughs> Justice Machine back in the first comic store I had. Um, I pushed where that, it. Where's that you, located? <laughs> in Wasian, Ohio. Okay, uh, I've never been there. No, oh I can't yeah. Take for the book being in your store. <laughs> oh yeah, no, we had yeah, we 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 stocked them and I promoted them and everything because I liked what you were doing. Um, so there's the reference for you right there, and and just for your own reference, I'm two years older than you are. <laughs> is that even possible? Biologically, <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny is that, and I love your art. I, yeah, that, what, that was what I was getting at. I, 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 you know, and in your career and what I've seen of it, I think it's just, just it's fantastic. And, oh, and it's a real thrill to meet you. So thank you. Thank being you. a fanboy here, I'm sorry, man. <laughs> you know, back back then, uh, 1981, I was also uh, taking classes at the Kendall School of Design in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and I showed the uh, one of my art instructors. I think is number two, definitely number two, the magazine size. And he said you should be teaching anatomy, and I said. Um, I don't know anatomy. I just can draw it. That's all. <laughs> you know? And I don't, I don't think too much has changed since then. I, I've spiffed up my style a bit uh, and my, my skills, but uh, I think basically uh, I'm still the same artist. Sad to say. <laughs> I don't think I mean, it's, it's so good. sad to say. Oh, I yeah. do. Yeah. I mean, I see, I see a couple different styles and your styles yes. evolve, Mike. I mean, from, from yes. the, from the justice machine to the spectacular cover of death's head, <laughs> the eye of Samity. I mean, you know, and then let alone, but you also have a very different style when it comes to, you just drew Shang, Shang, Shang Chi. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And there's this, there's this kind of a light, feathering with the pencil style it's completely different it's much softer and detailed and shadowy you know i see that as a, a lush it's a gorgeous style so how how did that style develop from your from the traditional comic book art that you've done you know that's no, I it's, can, it's night and day 
Yeah, well, um, I can attribute to a few people, I think. Uh, in, in ways, Stranko influenced me. And people used to tell me back in those days, my early college days, that there's Stranko in my style, but I, I didn't see it back then, even though I was a fan of his. Um, then there's Paul Galassi, I think, whose who's, uh, shadows, his shadow work um, has influenced me. But all sorts of people, a lot of new people, too. I Half the people that influence my work are right now, I, I don't know their names, really. <laughs> I'm, I'm sort of out of the loop. I, I'm in my own little universe here. But I do a lot of scrolling and um, looking at other people's artwork. So um, every, everything I see influences me in some manner or other. Everything. Nice. Dr. Tar, Blue Fez, Gatfly? So uh, I have a question. You're, mm-hmm. Are you still traditional art, like your pen, paper, pencil, that kind of stuff? Or do you do anything digital? Um, I, I still do penciling and inking um by hand i i know that i use i guess i can claim to be a purist along those lines i don't want to ink or pencil or whatever uh, digitally however i do uh and i used to letter professionally uh it might be hard to believe if you look at my handwriting now <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh i do almost all of my calling digitally at least for reproduction right um but uh, I, I think I'm still, still old time when it comes to the actual artwork itself. But coloring, has, digital gives you a lot more options. Yeah, it does. Uh, and that was one of the things with that, uh, uh, the cover that uh, Mark had me color for you. He's oh, like, you're the colors. Okay, yes, good. That's, yes. Yeah, Mike, that's that's, he yes. goes, oh, hey, uh, you're going to be coloring a, an image by Mike Gustavich. I'm like, Mike Gustavich? <laughs> <laughs> I sat there for a week nervously going, really? oh, I don't know if this is good or not. <laughs> yeah. When I got that, I, I worked for a couple of days with Mike and he, he was sending me, we can explain about your process, you know, and, and throughout that, because Mike was taking pictures like, uh, images photos. that he had seen photos and kind of mo- making a mock-up of what the page would look like huh. until he kind of got it to the point where I said, yeah, this, this is great, you know, based on a, a written description of, of what I wanted the, the cover to look like. And then we got that point and he's like, okay, I'll, I'll get this to you. I'm like, okay. The day after or two days later, I get this picture. He goes, how's this? And I'm like, holy fuck. <laughs> you know? I think you told me your wife said that, too. Yes. I it to, to, to In reference to the artwork. But a yeah, yeah. Yeah. She went, fucking, fucking, fuck. Or something like that. And Mike said, your wife is was very articulate. I'm like, yes. Yeah. I'm like, Jesus Christ, how can you get this in two days, man? Uh, yeah, and then when I showed it, yes, yeah, there you go. Yeah, Professor Feather has a copy. Um, yeah, and I showed everyone the picture, and they're like, and Sean's like, I get to color them. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I know. This is awesome. So, yeah, it, yeah, it is like a great job. Thank you. Well, you both you both did. I mean, it's just like it's like it's it's a really good piece oh. of art. I think I yeah, I, yeah. And I don't it, have it with good me. Good job, guys. But but <laughs> yes. Uh, my wife got me a life-size standee of the cover with like death's head. Nice. I got to have oh, that. Nice. Yeah. It's yeah. Good, pointed so. at you, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's so cool. Exactly. Yeah. You better do the right thing, mister. Yeah. <laughs> um, so 
yeah, it's just it's just amazing uh, artwork. And I mean, you have inked so many different titles for other writers. Can you can you even like or drawn? Can you tell us even the number of titles that you've either drawn no, or inked? No, I don't. I can't remember half. Of, literally, I cannot remember half of what I did. Sometimes um, somebody will will post something to me, or or I'll see an image with my, my name and credit to it. I don't remember ever doing that. <laughs> I'll even open up a book uh, that I've done supposedly, and I say, "Wow, really? I did it." <laughs> of course, there is a style to go by, but Doctor Tarkin always hold there. Well, I remember reading because you had drawn a picture of Rom Space Knight. Yeah. And I used to love reading Rom as a kid. And I went back. I'm like, holy shit. Like, there you are again. You know, it's like, where haven't you been? You know, in the in the Marvel or DC universe. And, I did ink the first Rom annual. Yeah. 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 And I'm like, oh. So this inking, like, what is it? What does it make? Or how does it, I guess, the wish. Well, here I am falling all over myself. Um what makes a good inker a good inker, you know, like as opposed to a bad inker, like how do you know you're doing a good job and, and that, and that job, you have someone else's artwork. How do you approach that piece of art as an inker? Uh, well, an inker's job, I think is, is like an editor's job for a script. Um, pencilers, including myself think, Oh, this is great. This is fantastic. And then an inker will come in, hopefully a good inker and do uh do their interpretation. They they will see little flaws or little things that need to be put in or taken out, and um, it can be it could be intimidating. Um, I've inked some people like Gene Colan. He was fun, not <laughs> a fun, but you had to be constantly thinking: Is this what he means uh, for it to come out like? Um, and there, are, of course, I've also had inkers. I won't mention any names that have done fantastic jobs. Uh, over my work, and there are some inkers who I just put the book back down after I got after I saw it. <laughs> and I, I almost cried, literally, almost cried. <laughs> so after that point, I, um, I started caring basically about the paycheck. And if somebody inked my own work, I just didn't bother to open it up. <laughs> the book. Oh wow! Well, so Marvel DC would always send me like the twenty twenty five uh, copies of each book I worked on. Who's your favorite penciler to ink? I mean, you mentioned Gene Colan, but is, yeah. is he the one who stands out? Is like, yeah, this is the guy I want to. Yeah, he is one of my favorites. Uh, Mark Bright was one of my favorites uh, before he um, went more towards the um, the image type style. Yeah, yeah. more organic. Uh, is um, I, I thought I just thought it was more 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 fluent, more important than uh, trying to to imitate, which I've done in my inking too uh, at that point. Uh, trying to imitate the image style because that's what was attracting editors and so forth. Yeah. <laughs> but no more. Now I screw it up any way I want. <laughs> <laughs> that's the best way. <laughs> Did you ever meet these artists, these pencilers in person, like Gene Cole? Did you ever talk to him? Like, hey, I see you on page 17 here. What the hell are you doing, man? Or, or how should I? <laughs> or like, what should I do with this? Or have you just sat down and talk with him? Uh, there are so many artists I wish I'd met. Uh, I was at a couple of conventions, uh, New York, California, and there, Big John Buscema, I saw across the the, uh, the lobby in a hotel. Didn't bother to introduce myself. Stanley was right next to me at a table at a convention, not next to me, but across at another table. 
oh, Gil Kane, oh, all, all, all these people, not all of them, but so many people I wish I'd met. Uh, I wish I'd taken the initiative to, to introduce myself and say hi. They might, might or might not have known who I was. <laughs> I'm the guy time. who inked your page, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, really. Oh, so you're the guy. So you're the guy. Yeah, it might be a good way to introduce yourself. Yes. But there, there are some people. I did meet Jack Kirby, and I, I did ink like a back cover to the Just Machine Annual of Text Comics. He he drew a cover, the cover. Yes, cover. yeah. I inked that. I think I know where it's at, but I'll probably never see it again. Um, uh, his wife Roz, of course, great people. We were at a convention in uh, oh, Texas. Yeah, it was Texas, and uh, supposedly the Texas convention had been ripped off by uh i guess their their uh financial person and um jack Roz offered to send, give me money to go home on since i since i donated a good portion of my proceeds to help keep the convention going but uh, i still had money so i said no but uh they'd only met me at that convention and yet they offered to give me money or loan me money <laughs> Uh, to get back home, you know, not That's too many people cool. are like that at all. I'm not like that. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I were sometimes, but no, a lot of people I just never got to meet. You know, just a few. Um, Bob Layton, who's a super talent. Uh, oh, all sorts of people. Jeez, just can't remember a lot of them. But uh, those were the days back then in the '80s. Wow. Oh, Gadfly, I can't hear you, man. Yeah, who who influenced you as an artist? Uh, um, penciler initially Jack Kirby. You don't you probably won't see that in my in my work. Um, but he's influenced. If it weren't for Jack Kirby, nobody would be drawing comics. <laughs> I don't think that's probably it's true. Yes. <laughs> but uh, John Buscema, Neil Adams. Mm. Uh, I wish I had a lot more Neil Adams the way he was drawing back then. <laughs> not <laughs> um, now though. Not the, yeah. 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 Not the yeah. Neil Adams of today. Sorry. Yeah, Stranko. Uh, inking wise, uh, Joe Sennett, uh, Terry yeah. Austin, Tom Palmer, who's who was a, uh, a god to me, <laughs> um, and as far as inking, Dick Giordano, who actually at a convention once said, "You're damn good, and you know it." <laughs> and was kind of <laughs> words, nice. I said, "I'm sorry, what did you say?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna have that put on a plaque. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or my tombstone. You're damn good. I told you I was good. And if you don't believe me, ask him. Yeah, right. the same Dick Dan- Giordano's dead. So many people, so many good talents. Fine yeah, are, there, are there any contemporary people, like people that maybe came about in the 90s, 2000s, that you like, uh, you notice and you're like, oh, these are really cool artists? Oh, Jeff Isherwood, who he comes from the same time period as I do, but um, like I said, I don't really yeah. keep track of too many names right now. A lot of people, there's um, um, Don Walker, who does his own indies, um, and just just lots of people. Like I said, I don't remember names very well, so I, <laughs> I don't try. <laughs> um, just so many. Yeah. A lot. And I don't read too many kind books all right now. Um, actually, what I can get free at the library, read, I, I don't. <laughs> That's so, a, so what exactly are you doing, Mike, right now for as in your artistic endeavors? I don't, I'm not, you know, I know you did the cover for for uh, Mark's book. Uh, mm-hmm. Is that what you're doing? That type of art today? Are you are you doing a comic or anything? Uh, I'm working on several things. One for uh, um, resurgence, 
Uh, they don't have, I don't think anything out on the stands yet, but they're just starting out. Uh, I can't tell you really anything about that because there's a non-disclosure agreement. Right, right. But it's with, it's with a, a penciler who I uh, worked with a fair, fair amount back, back in the day. And his, his stuff is just mind-blowing right now. Um, there is um, the new Power Comics, not incorpor- Power Comics Incorporated. They're not associated in any way with the old Power Comics where I got my start. Mm-hmm. But um, I've done five pages of penciling for them to be inked over by Andrew Poy. But it's five pages of a story. And um, Cool. Just, you know, honestly, I'm doing a lot of... Um, commissions a lot of commissions I, are you yeah yeah I, I got one from a fellow in italy uh he likes the marvel character eternity you know the guy with the uh-huh. with the awesome. all oh, stars sure. and yeah nebulas and everything uh he wants he wants it and he sent me the paper but it's six feet by ten feet so i have to move all the furniture out of my living room <laughs> to the center and tape it tape the paper to the wall and um Try to get as much as I can on a done on a daily basis because you know you can't keep your furniture uh, in the middle of the room and the dogs are all over the place. So who knows what they would decide to do with it? Who knows? <laughs> That's got to be a little more than the two hundred dollar commission. I'm gonna guess. <laughs> yeah, um, I didn't charge anywhere near as much. I, I won't say the amount, but it should have been like at least twice as much. But sometimes yeah. I get a little soft spot in my heart or that that suffers from dementia <laughs> and i, I quote but you do have a brand new lamborghini in your front yard yes i that yes thank you yeah thank you 10 doors down won't notice it's missing for another three weeks right. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well uh mike how did you get your job uh at marvel comics Okay, well, it wasn't just a start there. Um, let's okay, see. Well, let's, Everybody let's there probably knows Val Merrick. Yeah. Um, artist on uh, Sherlock Holmes, uh, The Mummy, Frankenstein <laughs> Monster. I uh, actually went to the same high school together, but he was a year ahead of me. I didn't get to meet him till, till um, after I graduated, but I, I was in the same class with his sister, Bonnie, and she introduced <laughs> us. So I, I, I sort of um, had him mentor me for a year or so, and I started submitting more stuff. And before you know it, I got some recognition, but the biggest thing that happened to me, and uh, most pro- people will probably remember me by this than anything else, is um, I got married the first time to a friend of the publishers of Power Comics from Lansing, Michigan. And from there, well, <laughs> I, I can't say this, the, the publishers of Power Comics back then smoked off smoked up most of their funding <laughs> and not being a smoker myself i never got to really indulge in in the profits. <laughs> no indulge in the profits next time we get together we can do that mike i'll be happy to, be happy to do that <laughs> well um I, I married that friend of theirs and she became the publisher things didn't go well but <laughs> but uh, when power comics went under instead of paying me back and I had no problems with the, uh, the money that they owed me for the artwork and so forth writing. But um, they gave me the name Justice Machine. And I just started, decide, uh, I decided to just start creating it from scratch, even though they had their own version of, of the Justice Machine group, which is just a combination of all their characters from Power Comics. But I, I created the um, Justice Machine characters that most people know. Right. And um, 
and it went, we did it, um, we started our own publishing company. So we, I think we published five issues and, um, and that's what, that's what uh, the name, well, the work got me uh, noticed by Marvel and DC, I think, because it was soon after that, that I think my first real assignment from, was from Marvel, I, I believe. Uh, oh, okay. I think it was the raw manual. I think, I think, don't quote me, but it's in that time frame. But um, yeah, it was the just scene uh, most people know me by, I, I believe, and um, uh, Marvel and DC started um, giving me assignments from there. You know, as a kid, I would read Marvel books and hear about the mighty Marvel bullpen and pictures of these writers and artists hard work at their desk in new york and i always imagined you know as a kid that all the artists were hanging out together in this big room laughing it up <laughs> joking around writing you know and i'm thinking yeah that's exactly how it must be so can you tell us how the process of you're going to be working or drawing a comic book tell us this process you're not in new york hanging out with the writers so what's the interaction like between the writer and the artist you know, and and because you're not even in the same place, so can you explain how that works? Well, I usually didn't have much contact with the, the writers for a second. Of course, I did a little bit of work with Roy Thomas. He's always very, uh, very encouraging. Of course, back then, uh, maybe a lot of people don't see it, but I was, <laughs> I wasn't very good. <laughs> um, um, which which could be borne out by, um. Marvel, Louise Simonson at the time, the editor to the mutants, offered me to draw new mutants after Bob McLeod um, left. And I do a few pages and they said, no, I'm sorry, you can't do this. <laughs> <laughs> but that's okay. I, I, you know, looking back at a lot of things that I did or tried to do, I hey. agree. I was a much better inker than, uh, than a penciler. So that's what I did mostly, even though I did, uh, I penciled like that for Terminatrix, whatever, uh, Miniseries of Avengers, and uh, somebody else inked it. Can't remember who. But um, the the process basically is uh, the editor would send me a script. I would draw it. In fact, the first the first um, book I think I actually drew was um, for first comics. It was an issue of Warp. Maybe not the first issue. Oh, oh yes. First, I yes. love first. And they, they sent it to me. I get this package full of like fifty because they always give you extra pages. Fifty pages, blank pages. I'm looking there, I'm saying, what, what? This doesn't have artwork already on it? <laughs> because I'd been an inker, you know, most of my professional life. And I, I was a little freaked out. So you draw 50 splash pages. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, as a, a, a side story here is I, I, uh, I remember maybe it's just a rumor, but uh, John Byrne was drawing the hog. He did 50, he did the entire issue, one issue in splash pages. He took it to, to, um, to, um what the, um well, who was the editor back then the editor in chief shooter shooter and the, the rumor is shooter took one of the pages and wrote with a black magic marker not good enough and well, again the rumor was that john Byrne jumped over the desk and tried to strangle it <laughs> <laughs> um so where, where was i going to there <laughs> um well, I, I never had much contact with yeah just talking about writers. the, well, the process yeah, the, the process, the, process the 50 yeah. blank pages yeah. I mean, okay. When you when you receive a script, are there like notes like okay, panel one, draw this; panel two, draw that, or you just read the dialogue and just kind of imagine what's going on and then make it up from there? 
Well, do you, do you see, or Marvel, of course, had the Marvel style. It's usually plots, sometimes detailed. I think Roy Thomas also put in some script, but um, DC had full scripts, as I remember. Dialogue, panel descriptions, um, not that I ever uh, uh, did this um, myself or do this, but Alan Moore, supposedly, on some of his books would even tell the penciler, these are the name of all the books on the bookshelf here in this panel. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> I, I, I actually, I would not go along with that. Of course, <laughs> you know, Hear is, that this, Alan large, Moore? is this large print, Mr. Mr. Moore? <laughs> yeah, fuck you, Alan Moore. That's right. <laughs> well, back, back then, I probably would because I was still eager to. <laughs> yes, <laughs> there you go. You know, you know, you have to do what you have to do. That's right. But, um, you know, getting back to the process, uh, mostly what I did was inking. I think Marvel had me doing more ink, more penciling than, than DC. But um, back then, they were producing as much as they possibly could. And they were constantly falling behind deadline. Or something was happening with the, uh, the penciler, inker, whatever, whatever. So inking-wise, I would always get a call and... Uh, from an editor and they say can you do this can you do this and we need this by then and i'd say of course <laughs> sure <laughs> no problem in fact in fact i forget what year it was but um uh, probably i don't know mid 80s late 80s um i did 300 pages of of pencils or and or inks um in a two-month period Oh, I think today. Good lord! <laughs> and uh, those those were burnout days. I was working uh, six, seven days a week, twelve hours a day. Not not good for a marriage, uh, but we're still going strong there. But um, you can fall into the trap of not since you're a freelancer, you don't know when the next job is coming. So we say yes, 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 yes. I can yes. do it. <laughs> there is and, no no in your right, head. right, yeah. and, and pray that <laughs> don't sneeze the wrong way and blow your ear off or something. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that, that was basically the process. Uh, sometimes I would talk to a penciler. Um, Jerry Bingham was a, one of my favorite pencilers to ink on on Warp Man. Yeah, a lot like John Buscema. Um, just you know, beautiful anatomy. Yes, really good. Yeah, and back back then uh, on his work, uh, I did a fair amount of Palmer esque, Tom Palmer type inking. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I can ink in I can ink in any style. You know, I I, I uh, start off my career inking by like uh, Senate, and then I can ink by like Terry Austin, so forth, so forth, so forth. But basically, when I get some good pencils, they usually turn out being more like Tom Palmer. Yeah, so you prefer brush over nibs? and, and Well, I, I start off using a brush. Yeah. And um, when I started on New Mutants, I did the, I inked the first issue in brush, which I think it was Tom Marsikowski, yeah. the letterer, uh, on a, a telephone call, conversation, said, you did that? You inked that with a brush? You know, looking <laughs> for those lines. Um, I did some amazing, I, I still, I think I did some amazing inks on that. Bob, Bob Meckleod, um, quite was quite critical <laughs> great guy especially since i've had a chance to, to meet him talk to him in, in recent years but um he was a, a pen and ink inker and so i thought a good way to start to simulate his inking style and approach more would be to go to pen and ink uh, hunt 102 croquel pen tip 
Yep. So basically, that's what I've been nice. for years and years and years and years and years. But lately, and usually only on my own artwork, I use uh, Micron pens, usually like a number one. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just simpler. You don't get with pen and ink, you always get these smears and dribbles and and so forth. Micron pens are practically nothing to worry about. So it's a lot cleaner, Oof. but yep. you don't get the the um, variety of line that you can with with the pen and ink. Yeah, have you ever used the uh, brush pens like the Kurataki or anything? No, I can't do. I can't use those. I tried. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I tried. Me, I've tried going back to to brush and have been fairly successful. Yeah. But most brushes nowadays, that I've tried anyway, don't seem to be as good as the old um, Winsor Newton Series Seven Number Three brushes with back then. So many brushes just tend to fall apart, or the or the tip tend to bend or, or, or whatever, but um, I'm pretty much going to stick with the uh, Hunt 102 right now. Yeah, that's good. I, I remember having to dig around to find what brushes, what brush number, what nibs, all that kind of shit back in the like late 70s and early 80s when I was mm-hmm. you know, trying to be an artist myself. And it was like, you, it was, it was like n- nearly impossible to find out what people were using. So you literally just had to try out stuff and go, oh yeah, now that looks like, you know, Terry Austin, or that looks like, you know, Palmer or whatever. Right, right. Yeah. And then I, think, I believe Palmer used a, a pen, Hunt 102 for the most part. Yep. Yep. So one, something I noticed back then in some of his inking was some of his lines, the finer lines had just a itty bitty little dot to the end or, or yeah. something. Like a brush. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I couldn't figure out why. I think it may be, uh, and I, I did a lot of this too, unfortunately. But uh, I would use the pen tips until they, the, what I call, exploded. <laughs> you know, uh, I would put so much pressure on a pen tip that sometimes the, the it would split, explode, and I get ink everywhere. So, um, when you're a freelancer, you, know, you use the last drop of ink, you use the, <laughs> the last quarter inch of the pencil, <laughs> and you use the last tip till it explodes. Yeah, and. Your favorite word is yes. Yeah, exactly. In fact, it's, it's almost the same same now. Because I, I charge. <laughs> you want a yes? That's going to be ten bucks more. You want a maybe? It's only three bucks. <laughs> well, that's a great. Now, tell me, Mike. We're friends. <laughs> yes. Who's the better company to work for, Marvel or DC, of the two of the big ones? I mean, oh. I know there are the great indie companies out there, but you worked for the two big ones first. Which which okay. one? Which one first. was the better? Well, no, than I, can, I haven't worked for them for like twenty five years now, um, so I can say back then that DC treated me better. Marvel never mistreated me, but um, I think they had more more sensitivity in their management, possibly. Um, they also pay me a little bit better than the Marvel. Um, back then, for inking, I was getting 110 from DC and 100 from Marvel. It's not a big difference, but well, it um, <laughs> when it adds well, up, when you have a when you have that I, and I, back then, ten dollars was a lot. Yeah, you know, three hundred pages I, a day. I to ink three pages a yeah. day. Thirty dollars, yeah, it adds up. Yeah, yeah. Three pages a day? Yeah, that's what oh, I do now, too. Three pages a day. I when I'm inking, now I nap take precedence, of course. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Now, I'd I, I really rather, like my wife and I went to a horse show yesterday, and uh, 
I've never been a horse person. I've always liked horses, but we watched them go through their paces and their, sh and their showing and whatever ribbons they got and everything. And strangely enough, down this one um, barn area and one, one stall, there's this one horse. And he looked at me, I looked at him, and I go, and he comes over to him immediately. And I start petting him. Uh, I had a, a couple of other occasions to go down that same uh, stall or same uh, barn area. And I could see the horse in the stall. He didn't see me. I go, and he'd come running. <laughs> so I, I'd pet him. And you know, strange enough, I had I seem to have some sort of connection with that horse. Yeah, yeah. So where did this come out of? I don't remember. <laughs> oh, no. Right. I'd rather have naps or, or petting horses. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. I don't... <laughs> another episode of the Horse Whisperer. <laughs> and of course, now we have seven dogs. Yeah. Um, they're all spoiled rotten. And that's why um, I had to make sure that before the time for this show came up that they were all fed and taken out because <laughs> it is yeah. total, total chaos um, when, when it's time to go out or for them to be fed. So... That's why you don't hear anything right now. <laughs> they're, they're, happy, they're, they're happy. They're sleeping. Um, they they get a nap today. I haven't got one so far. <laughs> uh, you've drawn so many characters, Mike. So many different titles. Can you tell us, like, who who's your favorite character to draw? And Man Thing. You, man Thing. Oh. I love Man oh. Thing. There aren't any rules. You know, you just have blobs and tentacles on his face, and and it, with with the name with a name like that. There aren't any rules. <laughs> no, no, no. no, but I love doing the um, I love doing monsters and supernatural stuff. A lot of mood mood drawings, you know, stuff with shadows. You're, you're a fan of Bernie Wrightson, then? Yeah, this stuff. Oh that he did man, his... Bernie Wrightson! Oh man, <laughs> I, I got to meet him once at a show. Oh, uh, I met Michael Cluda. Yeah, this is New York, many many years ago. I think my first big convention, but or any convention. And Michael Cluda saw my work, and he said let's go over to bernie's table and show him yourself and i went over we went, went over to bernie's table and then he introduced us and i started to look at you know i picked up some of bernie's work and you could see a look of panic on his eyes and mike Kuda says he's okay it's okay he's an artist but bernie hasn't uh, certainly influenced a lot of my work you won't see it in my superhero stuff but you'll see it in the horror stuff the, the moody stuff Mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, um, some people should not be allowed to die. <laughs> you know, yeah. they stay uh, kept alive and, and, and working. He's one. Well, that's Blue Fez. Does Blue Fez have? Didn't you have some questions for? Yeah. Um, I've got a question. So, um, I was a huge fan of the Milestone imprint back in the early nineties, yeah. and I, I thought that was something that was woefully. Uh, the, the whole concept woefully underrepresented in the, in yes. the industry at the time it definitely overdue uh, could you tell us a little bit about how you became involved with that oh geez <laughs> I have to <laughs> actually invoke my memory spell. <laughs> sorry <laughs> oh you gotta take a nap um, first Mike and go well, <laughs> yeah, yeah excuse me I got these circles of light going all around me now but um, <laughs> uh, well I've been I think Mark Bright before mm-hmm and maybe he he recommended uh, me to Milestone. I know that back then I had uh, an agent, Sharon Chow, with um, oh I can't remember the name right now of the uh, the agents. And they were also a publisher, but uh, 
at some point. But uh, she was my agent, and uh, she probably got me the work. I got a lot of my work from her back then. Of course, I, I had uh, a lot of contacts already. You know, Ralph Macchio at Marvel was always was always great. He sometimes he let me like he gave me the option of doing okay. You want to do this this um, Avengers four issue miniseries, or do you want to do a giant giant man miniseries? He says, "You do what? What do you want to do, Mike?" Oh, wow. <laughs> and, you know, back as a penciler, I didn't, I don't, I still don't think I warranted that kind of uh, acknowledgement or respect <laughs> as an anchor. Yes, but um, actually, I wish I'd done more inking. Um, as a little side story, um, I did those what thirty years ago, and um, I'm still getting royalties from the books that they're reprinting and selling because of all the Avengers movies and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> nice new mutants uh <laughs> she hulk coming up uh and all the other stuff i don't remember having ever done but i'm sure they'll make movies of which explains the other lamborghini in the yard now i get it <laughs> well i'm still trying to explain that to a few people around here right. <laughs> <laughs> you know they used to come with badges but mm-hmm. you know, I'm a soccer. <laughs> yeah well speaking of royalties i mean what did you think of the characters that you had created or helped co-create in the new Loki series that was on Disney plus? Some of your know, characters I, were in there. I don't remember doing that. <laughs> Creating those characters. I don't, <laughs> but they gave me credit and they, they'll be giving me money. And <laughs> yes, there you go. <laughs> yeah. It was like, but I, the, but I also noticed they haven't given me any more work either. <laughs> well, the, the time variance, you know, you never know. You never know. The, the time authority, and then there was the Mrs. Tesseract or Mr. Doctor Tesseract or one of the ones that was one you co-created. There's like four characters in that series that were were co-created by you, and uh, so <laughs> <laughs> you created so many characters you can't keep track of it. No, Don't I ask can't. me. I right. can't. You're welcome, world. You're welcome, Disney Plus. See, what bothers me about this is him saying, I don't remember. You got to imagine somebody at Disney's like, wait, he doesn't remember? <laughs> okay, <laughs> get that off the list. I'm a liar. Do not no, believe me, Disney. <laughs> no third Lamborghini for Mike this week. <laughs> I have everything recorded in my notes. Mike, Mike will edit will edit it all out. It's all edited out. Okay, good, good, good. Yeah, we'll just say, memory, wow. you've you've helped co-create every character that we'll just cover it that way you're right that's right ditko and gustavich presents <laughs> right yeah, bill finger and and mike gustavich and my um, family yeah. <laughs> uh who's of all the writers you have drawn for comic writers uh, who's your favorite comic book writer like the writer of words yeah, other than drawn for or just in general in in general other than yourself yes well yeah we got to keep that in mind but <laughs> um i've always well my own writing has been greatly influenced by stanley and, and roy thomas uh denny o'neill but in terms of actually work with them um probably roy thomas probably roy thomas yeah good, okay. good, good guy. i haven't talked to him in many years so geez mm-hmm. i need to get back in the loop do some conventions when this whole COVID thing clears up. Yeah. It'd be nice. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I read a script you sent me and, and I haven't, I haven't given that everybody else, but it reminded me a lot of, uh, and again, I don't want to spoil anything. Um, don't spoil away. Who cares? <laughs> he'll probably oh, never well, see anyway. He can't, <laughs> no, he can't spoil if he didn't share. 
Come on. Oh, okay. At least one of you to read the shit. Come on. I'll, I'll send it. I'll send it your way. It was the one with the, the zombie agents. Oh, zombie spies versus the vampire horde. It's a, yes. Oh, it's, a, um, it's a spoof on all the spy books and all the, the uh, vampire um, lore and, and that sort of thing. It's tongue in cheek. And um, if I ever get to draw it or have anybody draw it, I want it to be sort of stranglish. Yeah, it, it, it's like straight out of the 70s. It is delightful and fun and, and funny. And like, I felt like I was like a 10 year old kid reading it, or maybe even eight, you know, like back in the day when I was reading Werewolf by Night or Tomb of Dracula, Franken Monster, Frankenstein. It has all that kind of hallmarks of the silliness, or, but, but, but silly. In this, yeah, yeah. In these, yeah, and that's why I love. Like, I started reading it like two pages in. I'm like, oh, Mike, this, this, you, why isn't this done? Why isn't this a book? I want to see it, you know. <laughs> Come yeah, on, Mike. I, I want to see. It. I have several ideas and scripts. I, I just, I, I can't do it all. I, I got, I got uh, maybe a, a Justin Machine script going. I got Silver Time, which you know about. Uh, well, tell uh, us about Silver Chime. They, all I know about, and everyone else knows, that it has, I think, one of the hottest new and upcoming editors in, <laughs> in, in comic book. Isn't that true? Well, what's book. his name again? <laughs> I think his name is Mark Justice. God. Oh, Mark Justice! 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 Not him. No, no. No, it's got to be somebody. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. <yeah. laughs> I mean, what, what other name could be a better for a comic book? Than Mark Justice. You're right. Mark right. Justice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tell us time. about Silver Chime. Yes, uh, Silver I, I had the pleasure of working with Mike on this book as an editor, and Mike would send me these pages. Hey, Mark, what do you think about this? I'm like, oh, you know, I'm just getting these gorgeous <laughs> images. Like, oh my god, Mike. Yeah, and and so please tell us the the story, and um, yeah, because I'm going to share some art with these guys. Man, it is beautiful. Oh, you can do that on this. Or I don't know if I can on this. Okay. <laughs> it's not hard, but Silver Chime um, is a 16-year-old young black woman. I, I love doing writing stories about um, strong female leads, especially young, young ones uh, before. And I, just, they're starting to develop their personalities, but they still know what they want and what they don't want. But uh, she is um, a dance student. She's uh, crossing the street with a bunch of her friends in uh, downtown Detroit or the Detroit area, and she's not paying enough attention, and a bus is going to hit her. Only she is sort of yanked from that time frame by a fellow uh, who worked for the, the uh, timekeepers. And um, there's something really bad going to happen, and they need her help. She's going to be an apprentice timekeeper or, or a time spanner. Uh, once she's done her training, She'll have a time spanner mechanism. She can go any any place, any time she wants. But uh, they're going to need her because the time frame is being sabotaged. But uh, she has a mentor, um, and um, she um, she goes through a, a lot of stuff just being a teenager with him. You know, it's like he's her surrogate father, and she's being a, a, a typical in at times jerky teenage kid. But um, she just becomes, uh, at one point, just so good at what they're doing, uh, at what she's supposed to do, that she takes over his position as mentor to any future time spanners that they bring on board. But um, she ties into another storyline. <laughs> Hopefully, it'll be a justice machine story. 
but uh, I've changed if this ever sees print like this because I don't own the characters anymore. But um, just machine said Dorwell being a different dimension is a comes from a future of Earth. And and um, Maxinor comes back to tell George Orwell that you need to write this book, which turns out to be 1984, because this is what's going to happen if you don't. But at the end of uh, the alleged Justice Machine storyline, they find out that the time uh, portals have been closed down. They can't get, get back to Drurl and take take back the time, take back uh, uh, their time frame and, and save humanity. <laughs> and then when, just about they're ready to lose all hope, um, Silver Chime shows up. And she's there, all this light and everything going around her. And she says, I hear you people are in need of a, of a time traveler right now. <laughs> so they, they get together. She, she helps them uh, get back to the future, Earth's future, and they end up saving the day, of course. But uh, Silver Time is one of my favorite, favorite characters. She's just got so much attitude. That's a great book. Um, the pages I've seen it so far are gorgeous now what i was stunned with mike is how you told me how you were putting that book together where you were drawing the art drawing the pages and then putting dialogue to the pages like you you didn't have a don't have a finished script a full script written out you kind of know what's going to happen so you just draw the work and then you just said oh here's what they're going to say <laughs> that was that was staggering to me that you kind of worked that way you know as a writer i mean you know, and you've seen the quality of my stick figures. They're right. pretty damn good. Um, <laughs> I follow, yes. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I can't imagine going into a large work without having it plotted out, written out, knowing what was going to happen, you know, knowing what was going to happen. So that that was just stupefying and amazing to me that you could work like that. So. Well, let me let me tell you that I've got some pages from the, from the um, let's just say like the first 20 pages of Silver Chime worked out, drawn, scripted. And I've also got the last page. <laughs> and this is like going to be like a hundred page storyline at least. But um, no, I have bits and pieces. Whenever a segment of a plot comes to me, uh, I, I do that. And what, what I do uh, with this anyway, it's not the typical superhero uh, drawing method. What I do is um, I'll have a plot, not well, not so much a plot, but a plot line, an, segment of what's happening in my head and so i go through all this photographic reference on pinterest or wherever wherever and i now lay out the page that way i'll find a photograph um put it on the page i'll find another photograph i say think um, um works out the rest of this concept and then i arrange the the figures and backgrounds sometimes even the color uh in composition that pleases me the most or i think is the most effective then I'll go back in and I'll ink the figures, um, utilize some of the coloring, come up with other coloring things and special effects. And before you know it, I've, I've got a uh, I've got a page or a splash page or whatever. I wish we could actually show some of the work here, but yeah, I, I have to see what I can find yeah, in well, that. I I think that's interesting because I think a uh, um, a lot of uh, writer artists that I've talked to 
talk about how the writing process continues on through the end of everything. Like it yes. literally, because they don't want to get bored. They don't just want to like write something and then translate that into drawing. But when they go to the drawing stage, they're actually still writing. Yes. Because, yeah. Yeah. Actually, when I, um, when I draw a page, I, I like to script it afterwards because there are so many subtleties of, of form and, and, and by language and so forth that you won't get just from drawing it yourself, but using photo reference, you know, so, you know, a certain look in somebody's eye, glint or whatever. And that's when you know exactly what you want to say, even though you know the general direction or the general, general feeling of it. Yeah. I, I think, I think that's interesting with a lot of young artists where they're, they're, they're drawing stuff and they're like, I'm like, well, have you looked at something in real life? And they're like, no, I want to be, <laughs> no. be original. They're like, I want to be original. I don't want to be influenced by anything. Okay. I'm like, I'm like, holy shit, you you have to be influenced by everything. <laughs> everything. Yeah. Everything. You know, some, sometimes when I'm lying in bed, if I've been inking for the day, <laughs> I will look at the, the uh, curtains on the wall and say, okay, how would I ink this particular? <laughs> 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 you know, and while the dogs come in, oh, that's an interesting piece of fur I could ink. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, uh, it, it never ends. It, it can't. Yeah. Here, just like uh, with most writers, uh, artists the same way. It's uh, the images are always coming. Right, the ideas are always there. It's just getting the time and taking the time to yeah. to get them done. Yeah, yes. not enough time. Never enough time. Yeah, never right. enough time. That's absolutely <laughs> true. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, that's what I. You know, I have all these students. I'm like, you know what? I can make more. You know, I can make more money any day. I can't make more time. <laughs> right. Time is the spend, enemy. I better spend yeah. my fucking time the way it should be spent. Yeah, no naps <laughs> for you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, sometimes my body just says, stop, lay down yeah. now. Yeah. No negotiating yeah. on this. Do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've already got three Lamborghinis. I don't need four. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know this, this third one's a uh, really nice one. <laughs> it's silver. <laughs> I think it's got editor gift written all over it. All right. If you see this car, uh, report it to the police and go directly right. to the <laughs> yeah. Arrest that Mark Justice guy. <laughs> Mark Justice! Oh, Mark Justice! Mark Justice! <laughs> yeah, you need a specialized license plate, Mark, for this car. This time. <laughs> I think so. The one that's on it now is A-S-S-M-A-N. I don't know if I knew if I want that one on there. <laughs> oh, man. What? Excuse me. Um, of all the titles you've worked on, whether drawing, inking, in any capacity, what was your favorite comic title to work on as a as a whole because you've worked on so many i mean i remember the first time i came to your house you i saw your work and i was just stymied and you gave me like you gave me wonderful pictures of captain america and and spider-man and and uh you know you just had everything and i was like oh my god you know but you've 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 done it all so like what is your favorite or do you have one well I, i have to say probably my favorite project was the cobalt blue graphic novel that i wrote inked, lettered, colored uh, over Keith Polder pencils. But um, that was just so much fun. Is I, I love when I have pretty much complete control over a project. Who doesn't? Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. But, uh, you know, 
um, it's always excellent to see something that you didn't think of put in there by a penciler or some little angle or, or something. So um, unless they're just way off the mark, uh, it's, it's a pleasure working with anybody. But Keith Polder was very easy to, to ink. Uh, he followed my script very, very well, added a lot of you know, nice detail and, and um, alternates. So everything worked out with that. That's probably my favorite project I've ever worked on. But the favorite book, favorite book, probably Warp. I have to say Warp. Yeah. Over Gary it's a good one. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Oh, here's something you'll like. In the, one of the Warp books, I can't remember, maybe there were two books, but in one um, book, and I can't remember the names either, but the female lead character has been downed in battle. The, the, uh, the good guy, again, can't remember his name, but um, he's leaning over her, looking very concerned. Okay, but to get to his middle crotch guard, and there's this mattress uh, <laughs> little smiley face on it. <laughs> <laughs> and um, one, the let's see, the King Conan uh, special <laughs> annual whatever, inked over Mark Silvestri. Some pirates are, this was on when he was inking with a brush, but some pirates just threw a, a card cheater over the, over the rails. And, and um, they're all shouting and waving their arms and and so forth. And as you get farther and farther back, they get more into shadow. And the very last shadow is Popeye waving his arms. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember who the editor was, but I was, I was uh, talking to him on the phone. I, I had to point it out to him because nobody noticed. Nice. Says, what? What? And <laughs> there's, there's, another pen, there's another penciler in the room at the time. And they both looked at it and said, and they just started breaking up in laughter. <laughs> oh, that's cool. <laughs> I love doing little things like that. That could be like a great drinking game, or now it's a, a scavenger hunt. Go yeah. find the Popeye in the book. <laughs> yeah, and I haven't thought about Warped in I don't know since it came out. Like warped. I totally forgot about Warped, and you're mentioning Warped, and it like it literally is just all tumbling back together. I'm like, oh, I re I totally fucking remember Warped. <laughs> yeah, Jerry Biggins' pencils were so much fun to ink. Very yeah. easy. You know, I was well, big into all those first comics, man. Yeah. Uh, at the time, the, you know, the big indie movement. Yeah, exactly. That was like the, the, the first indie books, you know, yeah, that were coming yeah. out. And there was just yeah. something so kind of wonderful and and free and raw about them. In that, John you know, Sable. Remember John Sable by uh, Mike Grell? Yeah. 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 I, uh, my first coloring gig. Uh, I did, and then I was supposed to uh, color something for Mike Grell at uh, Stroman and Thurm Thurman or whatever. They were image artists. They uh, they hooked me up with coloring this uh, Mike Grell. I'm like, I love Mike Grell. I mean, I I, I, I list it was it Warlord. I'm like, I had every Warlord issue ever. You know? <laughs> um, and so I'm like, okay, Mike Grell. I get a phone call one night, and he it's Mike Grell, and he's yelling at me like. Who the fuck put this amateur colorist on my fucking body? <laughs> like, oh and, and he just kept going on and on and on. And and he, I got a lull and I said, Mr. Grell, I love your work. I'm the colorist. And he goes, oh, oh, I'm sorry. Click. <laughs> <laughs> did you, did he, uh. How did that end up? Did he, he just like not take you in as, as the? Yeah, no, I, I, I got fired. I was well, <laughs> their, their whole comp their whole company folded. They were one of those like offshoots of Image, 
you know, Stroman, mm. you know, I, yeah. I don't remember what like what the other guy's name was. Um, they're really nice guys, but I, yeah. I, I literally went to a, a comic convention in uh, Detroit where I met John Byrne, who was the biggest nerd I've ever met in my life. Like couldn't even carry on a conversation. He was too busy looking for other comic books at the convention. It's <laughs> like, oh. um, but I met these guys to do digital coloring. And this is like 92, 93, some, somewhere in there. I like literally had my first Macintosh computer. I'm like, I can do that. <laughs> yes. I got Photoshop and an airbrush. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I, so I did a bunch of stuff for them. And then like this job came up and it was so funny because apparently my number, my phone number got put onto something that he had. So he calls me up thinking I'm the editor and the, or the color. <laughs> and that's how I get this. And I'm not even upset the whole time. I'm literally going, I'm getting my ass chewed out by Mike Grell. <laughs> <laughs> Who we met. Like I, we met him at a convention and the dude had like a giant fucking knife in his hand. And I'm like, yeah, I'm definitely not arguing with Mike grill. I'm not going to tell him I was the colorist you fired. Yeah. 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 No. no, but I did like on that phone call. I'm like, at the end, I'm like, big fan. <laughs> you know? And I'm yeah. that colorist you're, 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 you're talking shit about. But talking about getting fired. Um, I was inking the defenders for Al Milgram, the editor. Oh, and Don I hate Al Milgram. <laughs> I, do, I hate him i hate al milgram as a person or his art both i don't know <laughs> oh, I, like like it just everything that came out with al milgram was not like my thing like I, okay i really hated his art i really didn't know him as a person but like it was just one of those things where i'm like i don't anything about al, al milgram i just didn't want to have it yeah well i was uh inking defenders at the time and don perlin you didn't like or, or maybe a couple things didn't like what i was doing with the book but he probably also didn't like what I said about him to somebody at a convention that, <laughs> that his artwork basically sucked. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I'm not alone. Okay. I was feeling bad there for a minute. <laughs> no, but uh, I, also, I also made some of my own screw ups with the book. So I take credit sure, for that. Yeah. But I was in uh, Algren, Milgram's um, office at the time. And I don't know how I got to New York so many times, but I guess I did. Uh, <laughs> but he said, Mike, uh, I'm, I'm taking you off the Defenders book. He didn't say you're fired. He just said, I'm taking you off the book. And I said, okay. Um, I think that's the only thing I really had going at the time. But he said, uh, Louise Simonson has a new book coming or going on right now that she needs an inker on because they're falling behind. She's right down the hall. So I go down and uh, go into her office and I show her my stuff. She's saying, wow, 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 wow. And it turned out that uh, the book was The New Mutants over Bob McLeod's or Mechleo's, I'm not sure how I pronounce his name, but uh, his pencils. And uh, I think if, if maybe just the most coming came from that is from the justice machine as far as uh, creating my career or getting it started, going, whatever. That's an interesting, you're fired story. <laughs> yeah. Nice, nice. Tar, Bluefez, any more questions for Mike today? Airplane. Feather. <laughs> well, I think, I mean, I think we've asked everything we want to ask you, Mike. And it's like, uh, and w- wait a minute. I do have one question. All right. Well, what are your dog's names? Yes. Okay. There's, there's uh, Izzy. I won't tell you what breed she is because in some, some cities uh, that breed is illegal, but um, <laughs> she's the sweetest thing in the world. Uh, not a mean bone in her body. Uh, we have little Anna Blana, who's the princess and my baby girl. She's uh, like a, a pit bull chihuahua mix. 
Yes, he's full of allergies. <laughs> <laughs> but she carries around her security blanket all over the house. That's <laughs> true. It's true. Frantic, yeah, it's quite frantic if she can't find it. Yeah. Uh, so I have to go looking for it because some places, <laughs> you know, usually places where no one would ever dream. Um, there's Danny the Destroyer, who's a 22 pound black corgi uh, who um, just freaks out at the, at the loud noises. <laughs> so it's a sarcastic name. There's, there's Arlo, who's a, um, um, a little hunting terrier dog. And he's, he's a bit of a problem. He likes to bark and bark and bark and bark and bark and bark. But, terrier. <laughs> yeah, he also, he also was a hunter. He'll bring in, in things uh, from outside that I don't want to see. Um, there's Smoke <laughs> in the Chocolate Lab, and um, he's up there in age, about 12 years old, losing his sight and hearing. And he likes to bark and bark and bark and bark and bark. <laughs> That's why we feed them. I feed them before we start this. Let's see who else there. Benjamin, uh, who is a greyhound terrier mix, and um, he's very much the hunter, also. Uh, good boy, very affectionate. Oh, I know we got others. Who else? Okay, let me go down the line. Um, <laughs> oh, well, that again, it's my memory for names. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they all are very affectionate. I, went over to Mike's for lunch and, and uh, just the dogs just kind of piled on me, you know, which oh, I, excellent. Yeah. I just love, it was just yeah. great, you know, and, being uh, love mauled. Yeah. It was just, you know, Mike's like, you, you don't, they don't have to lay on you. I'm like, no, Mike, this is like, this is wonderful. Cause you know, I haven't had, yeah. my dogs have been gone for a couple of years and I miss the companionship of dogs and there's nothing better that they can just trust you enough to lay on you. Like, okay, you're cool. You know? Yeah. It was just <laughs> wonderful. You know, and then you, you pet one and then like three other ones come up, like, you've got to give us some time. You know, I'm like, okay, I, I'll give you all some love. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard. They're insatiable. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and they get jealous. Yeah. Yeah, they do. Yes. Oh, if anyone is out there in Unsane Radio Land and you want to get an original commission from Mike Gustavich, you can go to MikeGustavichArt.com. Actually, at this point, I'm being, for commissions anyway, I'm being represented by uh, Scott Kress at um, uh, Cat Skills Comics. So if you want any commissions, uh, check them out. Um, this just started recently, so seems yeah, we'll, like a good arrangement. We'll okay. put this. We'll put all this in the, our notes, the podcast notes, and then we'll yeah. blast it out there when we. Uh, right, but you we, can still you can still message me or anything, and we can talk about what you would like. Because um, just because he's representing doesn't necessarily mean that he knows exactly what you want or being or able right. to. Really- that's cool. He gets most of money until until it's done. Then I get my share. <laughs> <laughs> I had asked Mike down the road one day, I said, I want to, I'm going to commission him a work and I want to get all the Marvel monsters on one page. Oh, won't that be great? I, I want, That'd be pretty I want cool. vampire, I'd, I want Frankenstein, I want like Man that. Wolf, I want Man Thing, I want to, you know, Werewolf by Night. Oh, yeah. You know, all the monsters together. I'm like, that would be sweet. Because that's Fang Boom. As a kid, that's what I read. The Living yeah. Mummy, all anything that had a monster in it, I would just, you know, I wanted to buy. So that's the Spider Man issues with man wolf were my favorite ones you know and it's like yeah yeah i just adored them so i love doing the the moody shaded you know shadow type pieces you know just a lot of fun nice well mike thank you for being on today's show we have had a blast with you 
And if you ever want to do it again, just let me know. I'm always by my computer. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And, and we're thank thank you for for wearing the top anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm sure uh, half of America <laughs> will agree there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but but th- thank you for also joining us in the pantsless club. So you know that's you're one of us. One of us. One of no us. Here, I'll right. stand up and show you. Right. <laughs> no, no. All right, well, everybody, salute. Into that I might have to have no more vinyl chairs. <laughs> So it's been a pleasure. So anytime you want to do it, if you want to do it again, just right. give me a holler. Oh, Thanks, Mike. It. Again, oh, it was very great cool. meeting you. you. Yeah. All right. Take care and uh, talk soon. Okay. Bye, Bye Mike. Yeah. You guys want to watch me take a dump? Say. I said Brady. Brady. Oh, man. Well, where can listeners find us, Professor Feather? Oh, probably here and there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, on oh, the old... Unsaneradio at gmail.com. I'm going to be very serious now. Unsaneradio.com, <laughs> where you can see some beautiful pictures and read some elegantly flowing... Maybe that flowing prose like diuretic. Prose like words. Prose like. Prose like words. Prose like words. Prozac like words. Prozac, yeah. <laughs> oh, tarandfeather.com. Um, that's our website. Um, I'll say that in case Dr. Tar forgets. Um, you can catch a, a lot of our you can catch a lot of our episodes on Vimeo. Just go to Vimeo slash Tar and Feather, and that's with one E, no A, and, and Feather, and you'll see a whole bunch of uh, our episodes, and you can watch them at your leisure. Some of them are even downloadable if you don't want to watch Put them right now. You off. can watch them and watch them later. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So I think I'm done. I'm out of here. And don't forget, heavy metal horror. 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 Or on Sunday. Sunday. Or on Instagram, Montag Lewis. Any relation to Juliet? Of course. Or toe tag. And after all of that, to bring you down, or maybe to take you into a nice, gentle frame of mind, We Freaks on Facebook, W-E-E-F-R-E-E-K-Z. We Freaks! <laughs> I don't know if that works quite well. Facebook! That just doesn't work, does it? I don't know. Vic might dig that. You know. 
Well, oh, Unsane Radio is on is on Facebook. Facebook, Facebook. Oh. You know, we don't even need to talk about that. We're all over the Facebook. <laughs> We're all over your Facebook. <laughs> We're in your face. We're in your Facebook. Facebook. <laughs> <laughs>